Hello and welcome to the Property Roundup on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we chat to industry experts to get a view on new emerging trends. And this show is brought to you in partnership with the Property District, changing the narrative of the industry. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by returning guest, Sean Corbett of um, Mortgage Sales Director with Mortgage123. Sean, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Carol. Hi. Uh, Sean, I mentioned you were a returning guest because you have, of course, joined us previously in studio in Dublin South FM, where we were trying to get a handle on mortgage trends. And quite frankly, the the mortgage market has arguably gotten more confusing during those intervening years. So you might just um, start by actually just explaining to people who are maybe only at the start of their process, what kind of options do they have? How is Ireland's mortgage market looking right now? Yeah, look, Ireland's mortgage market is uh, has gotten smaller. Um, however, every lender is very, very different. Uh, we've, we've had new arrivals since we spoke last, Carol, i.e. Avent Money came into the market. They've been in Ireland a long time, but they came into the market and, and, and are now lending in mortgages. They've been here a number of years. Uh, and and indeed, they were probably the probably the the lender who drove mortgage rates down before they started their recent rise. So they they've introduced the one point nine five mortgage that everybody was familiar with a couple of years ago. Um, and 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 then unfortunately, uh, with the rise in interest rates and so on, the likes of ICS mortgages and Finance Ireland have literally priced themselves out of the marketplace. So although they're still active in Ireland. They're not actively lending. So, so the sad state of affairs in Ireland currently is we've got we've got four lenders and credit unions. Um, uh, you've got AIB who in, encompass EBS and the broker arm Haven Mortgages, um, Bank of Ireland, Permanent TSP, and and, and then of course Avant Money, um, KBC, and Ulster Bank have now left the market and left left the Irish mortgage market. Um, is that consistent with what we're seeing across maybe other European jurisdictions that actually are mortgage lending at a time when I can remember, uh, likely when you and I spoke many years ago, but also, you know, the conversation for many years has been about the lack of competitiveness in the Irish market and the lack of a, a number of competitors um, across Europe. Are we seeing other mortgage markets getting smaller? Is this a uniquely Irish problem? It seems to be an Irish problem. Um, the Irish market is confusing, to say the least. Um, uh, we had one of the highest interest rates in Europe, if you look back a year and a half ago. Now we're one of the most competitive in Europe. Um, you look you look at the UK, they've, they've massive mortgage market, and it's purely down to population. Uh, and, and is it an attractive option for a new lender to come to Ireland? It, it, that, that's the big question mark. And there has been lenders threatening to enter the market, i.e. MoCo. Um, but they're they're going along a similar model to the uh, uh, to the likes of Finance Ireland and ICS. So they have to borrow their monies from the monies market. So now is probably not a competitive time for them to enter the Irish mortgage market. So so yeah, no, look, it's it seems to be an Irish problem and and the lack of competition is is tough going. Uh, I lenders lenders have become a little bit arrogant. They've got enough business they don't need to go hunting for business uh, and, and they're in a comfortable position at the moment. What role does the regulator have in making Ireland, um, I, I suppose, more attractive for competitors to come in? And and actually, maybe that's the wrong question. Maybe I should be asking, you know, what do they need to be doing to stop shutting people out of entering the market? Yeah, and, and, and it's a very good question because, firstly, 
Uh, um, and we've seen it. You, you've seen the likes of uh, Revolut. Revolut got licensed outside of the state because they couldn't wait for the regulator to regulate them here. It took too long. Uh, I've heard it from other entrants who want to come into the Irish market. The hoops they have to jump through to get regulated is is tough going. Um, and and the regulator, I've, I've heard it from some fairly senior people within AIB and within other lenders, the reporting they have to give to the central bank it uses up a lot of man hours, uh, and and the central bank seems to be seems to be putting hurdles in the way. and And I wouldn't be surprised if 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 they didn't frighten some lenders out of the market. I, is it profitable to operate in Ireland, or can you if there if the if the central bank are looking at your staffing levels, your customer care, in the detail they seem to be doing so? Um, so yeah, it is an issue. Yeah, it it surely is. And Sean, you touched on something else there which is interesting. And um, because I'm not in this sector every day, I don't fully understand it. But I know that, you know, in the four and a half years, almost five years that we've been doing this show, um, it has been almost routinely reported that Ireland um, has the highest or certainly amongst the highest uh, interest rates, uh, mortgage interest rates across the Eurozone. And that has changed. But does that change temporary are we starting to see rates slide up are we likely to regain that um unwanted title i think it is if uh, my prediction is that your average interest rate by the end of this year will be in excess of five percent um and then we're creeping up with the likes of the uk which are two-year fixed rates down in the uk are in excess of five percent um and, and you you will see us uh there will be under the monetary policy. Ireland will be forced, I think, to start giving their savers a higher return. The minute they start giving their savers a higher return, they'll have to up their mortgage rates. So I, I do see it coming, and I do think there'll be pressure from Europe to force us to put up rates a little bit higher. Sean, between you and I, you know, green rate mortgages are they a gimmick, or is there a genuine saving to be achieved? There is a genuine saving. Um, you're saving, for instance, for an example, Bank of Ireland, you're saving 0.3% of, of the normal fixed rate. Uh, that's a green offering for a green property that's B3 or better. And 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 it's becoming very popular, Carol, for people buying new build properties. Of course, they have to be they have to be A-rated properties. So so not not a gimmick um and and a welcome option for people um no depending on rates rates are uh, if you look if you compare the likes of avant money who don't offer green rate mortgages to the likes of bank of Ireland who do the rates are fairly similar so mm-hmm. so they they are a bit more competitive and uh, it's a nice thing to say isn't it you've got a like an electric car you've got a green mortgage <laughs> well and it looked ni- nice today but actually we need to see is there some real value to the yeah. consumer as well as um you know as well as to the climate you know it's interesting when you talk about how um every lender in the marketplace is different because i don't think that's a perception that's out there i don't think first time buyers coming in really differentiate between lenders i mean they just see getting a mortgage any mortgage any type of mortgage almost at any rate from any lender they just see this as this huge wall that they have to kind of keep hitting against until they can scramble to the top and and hopefully hop over um do you think buyers are aware and 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 home buyers and particularly first time buyers there's aware that there's any difference across yeah. the lenders 
and and they're probably not um i.e the 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 broker the brokers people who use brokers in ireland about 40 percent of mortgages use a broker and and uh, i know i'm biased everybody should use a broker um for the simple reason uh and, and a couple of examples for you if you're public sector um, Bank of Ireland will take you two points up the scale, so you, you're looking at future income. Permanent TSB won't. Uh, Abbott money won't currently, but they are looking at it. When, you, when you've when you got a degree of variable income, who is the lender who will do best on variable income? It was permanent TSB recently because they would take up to 100% of your variable income. Um, if you pay a lot into a pension, it can, it can detract from how much you can borrow. Permanent TSB don't take pension contributions into account, whereas Bank of Ireland will. So, and and all lenders treat children differently, um, and and the way they'll penalise you for having children, because lenders are still penalising you for having children. Um, but for instance, if you've gone through a marital breakup and you're paying child maintenance to your ex-partner, Bank of Ireland will class you as having independent and paying maintenance, whereas Permanent TSB won't. You're paying maintenance, so then the child isn't a dependent. So, so it, 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 even though there's only four lenders uh, that are very active in the market for brokers, they, they're very, very different, and they're very different the way they they look at sort of repayment capacity and so on. So it's uh, hugely different. I'm surprised. Yeah, I, actually, there's some really interesting things there that I think maybe some first-time buyers, home buyers, would be quite interested to learn. Um, so I wasn't aware of the different treatment of. Uh, children because actually through my friends who are have younger children and um, are looking at their dependents you know they're, they're just a pure liability where they've actually you know I, I've seen plans for remortgages and home moves actually being kept quiet at early stages of a pregnancy you know to try yeah. move things along so that there wouldn't be you know because it's a huge liability which obviously points to problems in our childcare system but that's a separate thing um, Sean, every day is certainly a school day. I had never, I, I wasn't aware that if you're in the civil service, Bank of Ireland would actually almost allow you creep ahead two points in the expectation that you would move two points along the scale in the, what, certain number of years of your career? Yeah, yeah, actually, Bank of Ireland are one point along the scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haven, which is AIB, are two points along the scale. So there's two lenders who would allow you to jump up the scale. So Bank of Ireland are one point up the scale. Uh, Haven mortgages, i.e. AIB, will go two points up the scale. Permanent TSB won't. Um, and Permanent TSB will tell you that the regulator doesn't allow it, but Bank of Ireland and AIB are doing it. So, yeah, confused.com, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's very unfair for home buyers. But look, t- talk to me a little bit about the home buyers that you're meeting at the moment. Um, across your business, are you dealing with kind of a mix of home buyers and um, kind of first time buyers and people trading up and down? Are you seeing any residential investors? Yeah, residential investors. It's a funny one. It it seems to have picked up in the last couple of months. And I don't know why I can't put a put a. I, I talk to my broker team and, and and they're talking me more about buy to let mortgages now. Where buy to lets last year were almost non-existent. Um, we we're doing probably about seventy percent first-time buyers. Uh, they're still very very active in the marketplace, uh, and uh, and the switchers, i.e., remortgages, seems to have picked up now. Whereas it was it was very poor there uh, at the beginning of the year. People didn't seem to be switching again. Uh, but now people are picking up in 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 the switching market uh, because they're realizing 
you, you need to fix back into something. Now, it's important to look at your existing lender. What are they going to offer you before you go through the heavy lifting? Because you'll need all your documents. You'll need a solicitor if you're to switch. But it is worth considering switching as well. So it is, yeah, there's a nice mix out there at the moment. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about switching, you know, it's something that I, I in theory, would always have been in favour of. And But then when you look at a shrinking mortgage market, your options for switching are pretty limited. It is, and thankfully, some lenders now are starting to react to the switching market. I haven't money if you can do a lifetime mortgage with them. They are going to be introducing a reduced documents that you need when you're doing a switch because, for some reason, it's been painful, Carol. I.e., it's like applying for a brand new mortgage as a first time buyer. You're doing a full suite of documents to get approved for a switch. When, when in my opinion, if you've been paying your mortgage for the last five years and you haven't missed any payments, what's and you're going to switch and the mortgage payment is going to be similar or less, then what the hell do you need documents for? Um, Sean, just the kind of thinking about the different buyer dynamics that are in the marketplace at the moment. Uh, so there was a couple of mortgage stories in the news this week. Uh, one of them really caught my eye, having a daughter in her mid-20s who was going to be in this space shortly, I hope. Um, and that's around the... Uh, first-time buyers, the the average income of first-time buyers. I mean, we've seen reports in previous months that you had uh, couples really need to be earning somewhere in the region of ninety thousand together, um, which you know is in excess of the average industrial wage, um, and it also leaves no room for um, maybe a slackening of work uh, to accommodate childcare and other issues. But actually, the one that really caught my attention this week is that solo first-time buyers. Uh, need effectively to have an income of about 67,000 to be able to buy an uh, an average home. 67,000 for a solo first-time buyer, that's yeah. so high. Yeah, and that's, that's uh, and and it depends on where you buy in the country, of course. And and it is the, the rule for whether you're a single applicant or a joint applicant, same rules, four times income maximum. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, you won't always get four times income. So the lower your earnings, the less likely you are to get, the less likely you are to get the four times income. Uh, I've seen the most generous ones on that really are Bank of Ireland, where I've seen people who are earning forty k getting four times income. But what can you buy for one hundred and sixty k? Probably very little. Um, mm. So, so yeah, it is. Uh, it is an issue now. There was news this morning that uh, house prices seem to have dropped back very slightly by point five percent. I think in the in the first six months of this year, which is which is nothing. It's not going to. That's not going to help people. Uh, it's the lack of properties that are still a huge issue. And 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 then, yeah, you're right, Carol. You've got lack of properties, high high prices. I really feel sorry for single individuals who want to buy a property at the moment. So unless you're on, you're 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 absolutely correct. Unless you're on seventy k plus, you're yeah. going to find it difficult. Uh, w- uh, one particular home buyer we spoke to on the show recently. She is a single buyer uh, with strong income, but actually one of the other I suppose, uh, challenges being thrown her way is that she's self-employed. And we know from uh, a whole range of business studies, not just in Ireland, but locally, or sorry, globally, we know that there's a trend to more towards the gig economy and contractors and people having to be self-employed, offering their services, maybe, uh, and a move away from the uh, employer-employee model. How is that being reflected in mortgages? Are you seeing many self-employed applicants coming into you? There are. And going back to your original question about lenders being different, you've got to be then so careful 
who you look at as a lender, uh, i.e. permanent TSB are very, very good with self-employed because for a limited company, for instance, they will take your uh, your profit and they'll take your drawings. So, so and they'll take uh, depreciation and, and so on. They'll add back a lot in, whereas the likes of AIB won't. Uh, so they wouldn't be your go-to lender if you were looking at a self-employed person. So again, yeah, but it is two years filed and paid accounts. So technically, somebody who's becoming self-employed today, realistically, when can they apply for a mortgage? It's going to be two and a half, three years' time. So that's 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 the issue because somebody going self-employed today probably won't file and pay their accounts in October 2024, file and pay their accounts in October 2025, then you can apply for a mortgage. Yeah, I mean, that that just seems crazy in this day and age that, um, you know, when we were seeing, uh, particularly since COVID, more new people starting businesses. And there's such an ethos in the country. There's such a state resourcing of innovation and people going out on their own. And yet, actually, they're still being penalized for the most basic of needs, which is shelter. Um, is there any conversation at a mortgage uh, provider's level to to make to be more accommodating? There was with Finance Ireland, but of course they're gone out of the market for the time being. They they were accepting second time borrowers with one year self employed accounts, um, and and people look if if people are technically self employed, look at the umbrella company route. Um, so you're contracting to one one employer, for instance. That seems to be becoming more popular. But again, you'd need a year under your belt uh, mm-hmm. and a track record, you know. So it's uh, no, there's uh, unfortunately lenders in Ireland at the moment are not entrepreneurs. The only one that's actually doing anything different is Avant Money uh, and fair play to them. They're they're the actual they're still trying to drive the market and do different things and 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 because they're a business, they're tr- they're trying to make money. And um, Sean, what kind of trends are you and your team seeing um in terms of I suppose the the would-be applicants coming into you? What kind of trends are you are, are, are you operating nationwide? Yes, yeah. And Carol, I, I hate to say it and hate to use the word. I, the trends I'm seeing is desperation. Um, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing weird and wonderful properties every day that people are trying to, they're trying anything to find a property. And 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 a little bit of panic in the, in a, I say a little bit of panic at the moment that people are buying what they might not have bought two years ago. They're thinking, you know what? This this is a sad state of affairs. I'm go- I need to buy something. Let's go for it. And a lot of properties out there aren't mortgageable. So let's say the important thing for anybody um, listening really is to, before you get, fall in love with a property, always send the property link to your broker. Um, so they can have a look at it and say, look, do you see any potential problems with this property? So so there's, uh, but that, that's what I'm, that's the trend I'm seeing out at the moment is a bit of desperation and frustration, frustration from single applicants. And I, I see it probably, I, I see it nearly every day. People, they write into me or email me and say, it's so unfair that I'm a single person and I, I, there's no let up. You know, it's, uh, there's no let up. Um, Sean, talk to me about the properties that aren't mortgageable because obviously there's so many state initiatives to address vacant and derelict homes. Um, and those those grants have recently been increased, which is huge. It's very welcome. It's something that we're massively supportive of. But are these the type of properties that, you might not be able to get a mortgage on. Absolutely, and 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 let's remember that the a lender won't fund your grant until you get the grant. So so unless you're in a fortunate position where you're able to do these works yourself and then claim the grant back, and and there is some hoops to be jumped through. I.e. the 
the local authority have to come out and view the property before you start the works. They have to agree the scope of works. And then they have to come and examine the property to make sure you did the works. And then you might get your grant of up to 70K. Um, so so a, a lot of people are looking at doer-uppers at the moment. But remember, doer-upper mortgages or doer-upper properties, you, it, there's always a holdback situation from the lender. So if you buy a property for 100K, needs 200K's worth of works, they won't release the 200K until the works are done. So you'd need a very, very understanding builder who's doing the works for you, or you'd need cash from a a relative for somebody to give you who give you cash. So it's uh, and I, and I'm seeing that now, Carol. That's an interesting one, actually. Cash. I'm seeing a lot of people taking out these lifetime mortgages. You know, people over sixty, and they take out a lifetime mortgage. There's only one company in the country who's doing it, but they'll give they'll release equity on people's homes, and these people then are given a gift to their children now to help them on the property ladder because uh, because the average person now isn't getting an inheritance until the age of 61 in Ireland. So mm-hmm. so too late <laughs> if you're buying a house at 61. Do you know I'd never heard that statistic? Has yeah. that incre- yeah, has that has that age jumped up? It has. It has people are living longer. <laughs> so so there's uh people aren't getting their inheritance now. Uh, yeah as they would so people are having to look at different alternatives you know because we all to help our kids to get on the property ladder and people with unencumbered properties are now taking out these lifetime mortgages so and yeah it seems to be yeah it's, it's um it would be great if we could get maybe some better joined up thinking from the state when they're bringing in initiatives and they re- you know if they genuinely want vacant homes and derelict homes tackled then actually not to put those kind of barriers in people's place in in front of people or not to yeah. cut away other options you know there really needs to be um you know a, a better thinking through of what the end result is and if the end result is you actually want to increase home ownership in Ireland which honestly I'm just not convinced that is government policy right now Um, certainly there's very little to support that Um, but really to decide what the outcome is and then try mm-hmm. to design uh, a system that that enables that Um, Sean I'm conscious that this has probably been quite negative for any uh, first-time buyers or intending first-time buyers um, who are listening in so I suppose let's let's see if we can kind of end on a practical note for people when you know well first of all are are the applicants you're seeing are they good are they ready applicants are they coming to you fairly well prepared or are they coming in really not having a clue no, people are, uh, and 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 there is good news out there, Carol. Um, the government are doing some good stuff. Are you the help to buy is still around for people buying new build properties? I'm amazed at how many people are buying new build properties. Uh, there is the equity scheme that they'll run as well to help people on the property ladder. I I am seeing people a lot more prepared. The the biggest thing I see uh, of people failing at is something called repayment capacity. I.e., the lender will want to know that you're a good bet and you can afford your mortgage on a monthly basis. So, for anybody listening, just that's the only thing I see that people could tighten up. Try and save into a separate savings account if you can, and make it nice and easy for the lender to look at when they look at your documents. And if you're paying rent, make sure you can evidence your rent. So, but but look, rates aren't that bad, and and owning a home is still the best option for people renting is dead money and and forget rates at the moment it's you you'll buy a house today rates will be high rates will be low the only one sure thing in 25 30 years time you'll have an asset that will be yours and if you want to paint your house pink you can go and paint it pink you don't need to get uh, you don't need to get permission from a land uh, a landlord so it's uh, it's still a brilliant option for people and there are lenders lending so Sean, not all I- 
I I don't mind disclosing a bias here as well. You know, I absolutely think that despite all of the the rhetoric around people not needing to own their own homes, the reality is we don't have a good alternative when people age. So right now, owning your own home is the only method of securing yeah. your future. Um, and I, I you know, I, I have yet to be convinced otherwise. Despite all of the, I suppose as um talks about what different generations want and what they prioritize at the end of the day we're all going to age in the same direction and we will yeah. all need the same level of security at that stage and i'm just not convinced that that's happening so um finally sean thank you so much for being so generous with your time i suppose some final tips for people who are hoping that 2024 or sorry 2023 or 2024 will be the time that they do make the move and buy what should they be doing now to prepare best for a successful mortgage application? Yeah, look, the, the, the important bits are don't change your job before applying for a mortgage uh, because you'll be in probation. Um, try and keep your current accounts in good order. Don't have returned items if you can help it. You're, you won't get refused a mortgage for having an overdraft, but you might get refused a mortgage if you bounce items. So just keep your keep your items good for six months. And and let's that's one thing that hasn't changed with the lenders. They'll only look back at a history of six months on your paperwork, i.e. your 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 job history, your 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 savings record and so on. They look back over six months. Yes, your credit file, it's important to to not have any black marks in your credit file because they will do a credit check. So it's just uh, live but don't live extra extravagantly. That's what I would say when you're thinking about getting a mortgage. If you're thinking of having a family, probably have it after you get your mortgage because you won't get slaughtered by the lender for having uh, having three kids, you know. So it's uh, and 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 look, we, some of us like being single. Try and go to coppers and meet somebody. It's, <laughs> it's easier to get a mortgage if you're giant. <laughs> uh, Sean, Sean, I genuinely it it. Kills me that that's the advice you have to give, and I really wish that were not the case. So, yeah. in fact, um, to me, what that says is that we have so much innovation to be done around mortgages. I think that the whole area of mortgages is ripe for innovation, but um, unfortunately, human nature will be human nature. Um, so look, I'm um, I, I'm not sure if I let tally the advice of going to coppers, but the rest of it, I think. <laughs> I, I think I can heartily um, endorse. So thank there, you so much. All right, Karen. There are other nightclubs. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That was Sean Corbett, Mortgage Sales Director at Mortgage123. Um, so thanks again to Sean for sharing his time and his expertise. That's all we've time for today. My thanks to producer Katie Talon and to the production team at Hear Me Roar Media. And huge thanks to our show sponsor, Property District, changing the narrative of the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out all of the other real estate and construction shows on iProperty Radio. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of Property Roundup for iProperty Radio. <laughs>